The Polystory Repository is a live conversation with polyamorous people sharing their thoughts on trust, intimacy, and relationships with themselves and others. They navigate a conceptually non-monogamous life and want to share their experiences with you. These are our friends, and these are their stories. So welcome everyone to the Polystory Repository. Um, I am your host, Tim. And I am Joe. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to talk to Brian A. Um, Brian is... Um, pretty cool and he's a friend of ours and we wanted to have him come in talk to us about some of his experiences with polyamory and how he kind of juggles things and what's interesting to him so brian thank you for joining us today to um tell your story on the poly story repository thank you for inviting me so usually the the way that we start is kind of it's a modified version of the old aol trope of asl your gender your orientation your pronouns anything like that um, I am your classic cis, hetero, white male. Masculine pronouns are fine. Straight, white, middle-aged. Yay. And, yep. and, and a, a compliment to all straight, white, middle-aged men, I have to say. Um, Thank you. Yeah. If you could, just give us a little bit about how you found polyamory and what your initial exposure was kind of like. Uh, about seven years ago. Uh, my wife and I were having some relationship issues and thought that maybe we needed to think about other people in the relationship. I mean, we had two kids married and we didn't want to give up the marriage and we wanted to, you know, make sure the kids were taken care of. So we tried, a friend of ours said, hey, there's, I've heard of this whole polyamory thing. You should probably check that out. And we looked into it and stumbled around with dating websites like OkCupid okay and Plenty of Fish, I think was the other one, which are really kind of scary. <laughs> I mean, because, oh, don't worry, we'll circle back to that. <laughs> yeah, well, and Sarah, being a woman, has much easier time finding dates than I did. Um, I finally started talking to a person I found on Craigslist actually found a, a real live person on Craigslist. I know that's amazing. Wow, yeah. Fancy. Do you remember what category? In the strictly platonic category. <laughs> where, where all romantic relationships begin, I believe, right. in the strictly yeah. platonic category. Yeah. I do sometimes <laughs> muse on the missed opportunities <laughs> section. That is one of my favorite places <laughs> for Reader's Digest garbage literature. Right. And so you, you, you found the live person on Craigslist? I, yeah, I found a live person on Craigslist in Strictly Platonic, and I've been dating her for seven years now. People always look at me strangely when I tell them, yes, we met on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> That's so counterintuitive. How could they not? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I'm still married. I still have two kids, and I have a girlfriend who lives in the city, and I've kind of got a new relationship building, but she's even farther south than my girlfriend. Wow. So all of your all of your relationships kind of require effort to yes. like engage with them in person. Like you're you're commuting. Is there a struggle in trying to maintain connection while you're seeing these people that are far away? Yes, because I mean, you know, it's not like you can just swing by their apartment and say, "Hey, I you know need a hug or something." You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of text messaging that goes on. There's a lot of online chatting that goes on, and it's a lot of damn it. I wish I had a day that I didn't have to cut the grass, you know? Right. Mm, yeah. Yeah, because on, on top of everything else, and maybe this is this is something that's not necessarily in my experience, but it is an experience of other people, is that you have a family at home with children and responsibilities to 
engage in there while you're trying to manage yeah. these other relationships. Yeah. You know, the, the kids like to eat, you know, daily. <laughs> so, so, you know, got to do that. And mm -hmm. Otherwise, you know, people show up at the door with, you know, guns and things and it's, it's not pretty. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 darn government, I believe. Yes, as referred to. So, what was that? The the your first relationship, your first poly relationship, is seven years now. Yes. And has this person met your your children, your your family? Yes, um, she's a part of the family at this point. She's you know comes to holiday events and you know the kids you know i take kids into the city on occasion and you know go play mini golf on the lakefront or something so what was that like at, at first like trying to negotiate like introducing her to your family introducing her to your children it's the thing that people don't realize about kids is they don't have expectations they don't have you know this is what the world is supposed to be mm -hmm. because you're basically building it for them as you're raising them. So yeah, there are going to be things that are screwed up, but very few of them actually become ex murderers. So you'd be okay. <laughs> Introduce her as, you know, this is my friend and, you know, do things. And it's gotten to the point where we introduce the kids to it young enough that they don't really realize that there was a time before we were poly that we, you know, we had a monogamous relationship. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, it's pretty normal to them at this point. If you treat it as normal, the kids will believe it's normal mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. I don't tell them that, you know, my girl, what my girlfriend and I like to do when we're alone, because, right. you know, that would be a little too much information. <laughs> right. It's inappropriate, right? Yes. Sure. And I imagine as they get older, they ask just more questions about relationships in general. Not, not even necessarily about poly relationships, but as they're kind of developing into people, they inevitably have questions about how relationships work. Have they ever like approached you about relationship dynamics or anything more complex than like, oh, this is, you know, dad's friend and they hang out? No, not, a, not yet. I don't know about you, but I don't recall asking my parents about relationship issues. So, which, you know, probably a mistake on my part, but... <laughs> Hey, you probably missed out on all the fun, gross dirt that was in there, right? Yeah, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. okay. So very much on the other side of the equation, was there apprehension or concern or ne negotiation or conversation with your partners about the relationship that they would have with the children? And, you know, I don't know how they're going to take it. And a lot of coming together and trying to figure out who is going to play what role in the house. Yes, there was a lot of concern on my girlfriend's part on, you know, are the kids going to like me? Or are they going to throw rocks at me when they see me? She's not here every day, so she doesn't actually have to take care of them. I mean, there's been times when we've said, hey, we're going out of town. Can you come and, you know, make sure the kids eat, you know, for three or four days? And, you yeah. know, she was mm -hmm. fantastic and did that. And everybody survived, so that was a bonus. <laughs> People surviving is always good, yeah. Yes. <laughs> my girlfriends don't necessarily have parenting roles with mm -hmm. my children, and I don't expect them to, and frankly, it would be, get a little awkward if they tried, and I was like, no, no, you, sorry, they're not your children. Right. Got it. 
Got it. So I want to take a second and circle back to getting websites being a particular kind of internet hell. Um, <laughs> because I, I think that's an experience that a lot of people have when they're yeah. either first starting out or even if they're like, if they're trying to do the poly thing in a longer sense of it, that inevitably you go out on the internet and you're kind of shouting out in the void or you're getting overwhelmed with messages or like it, it's, it's almost never personal, but you do end up kind of agonizing over things or what, what was your experience like? Is, is it always been just like this nightmarish hellscape of dating? I remember when I was doing it, that situation where the wife has a boyfriend and I didn't have a girlfriend at the time. So it's like, okay, she's out there having a good time doing who knows what. And I'm stuck here at home with the kids. You know, this doesn't feel fair. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so then I've got, you know, that mindset going on and I'm trying to sit there sing my virtues on the profile for the website. I can't think of good things to say about me, you know? <laughs> so, I'm like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, all right, throw some stuff together, put it up there. And then, you know, of course you get crickets. So yeah, it was, you know, and then you go on Craigslist, which, you know, 90% of which is just robots that want you to chat and go to their paid porn site okay yeah that's yeah that was that was tough yeah i've been dating somebody for four years and i'm still waiting for them to message me back on okcupid oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sent her a message and like over the summer in 2011 and like we, we hadn't met before but then we met through other channels and i still joke with her it's just like you know it's it's been four years i'm starting to think you're not interested <laughs> nice I think, yeah, I think I do have a similar story to that. It's like you, you meet these other people through two or three other communities, and then you realize that you also have noticed or messaged each other over that OkCupid profile. You're like, wait, that's you? You're you? That's, yeah, wow. Something, some things do not work in parallel. <laughs> I spent like two hours putting together a message to you. What? It, the, the, because there can be that like sense of entitlement if yeah. you like invest yourself really heavily in trying to communicate on those websites that when you don't get a response back and you're putting in all of this work that it's demoralizing on top of like you said if you're in a relationship if, if you're in an existing relationship and that partner is going out a bunch and you get to sit at home with your feelings yeah, yeah it, it's it's not fun and so so in in trying to find uh, a community of people in your area, you know clearly the the online thing is is a brick wall for some people. Was there was there a safe space that you had from say uh, a monthly meetup where people go and talk about open relationships? Was there a core group that you could talk to? Not really, no, because I mean the population where I am isn't nearly big enough to support you know a thriving poly community, and so it was a lot of, you know, stumbling around in the dark and finally found the poly support group, you know, and I was like, oh, hey, I get to go here. I get to see, you know, actual human beings who are running into the same issues that I am. These are the things they're doing that might work for me, it might not, but it's more just seeing real people that are going through the same problems. That was, that was very helpful. Yeah, because if you're approaching it, if you've like read all your books and you've done your Googling, like that, that can give you a conceptual idea, that can give you a, a framework perhaps to work off of. But the experience of encountering other people who are like exploring for themselves and encountering issues that 
either you haven't thought about or exactly the same issues that you're going through can really help you reformulate your own sense of things, your own, what, what you're bringing into relationships or how you're struggling in the ones that you are. Or, like it, the, the interacting with an actual person is, is such a valuable thing to have. Yeah. So would you say that the relationships that you're in right now, um, is, is that your preferred kind of configuration or style? Yeah, I'm definitely not going back to monogamy. That's not going back there. So yeah, mm -hmm. I prefer to have the possibilities that polyamory gives me. Yeah. One of the other things that I absolutely wanted to touch on was going back to Tim's idea about styles. Uh, you, you're in two seriously committed relationships. <laughs> But they're in slightly different forms. I mean, one one was based on a ceremony. I'm assuming in a church with a with a public setting, and there was an efficient pastor. And your other relationship, this is me kind of reading the crystal ball, because we are friends, uh, is based on an agreement or a contract. Uh, could you give us some some details about how that came about, and you know what it means, and what the the definitions of that are? The contract came about. Well, wait, yeah, I met my wife in like 20 plus years ago. And, you know, back then, the only model we had to work from was, you know, you get into a serious relationship, you get married and do the things. Then we got realized, hey, wait, there are options. We didn't know there were options. <laughs> and when a couple of years into dating my girlfriend, and, and this is her first polyamorous relationship. So we've been dating a couple of years and somebody i found somebody on okcupid who was interesting and not too far away and we started dating and of course you know my girlfriend started freaking out because in her you know experience when your boyfriend starts dating someone else it's time to leave she wanted something tangible that she could you know point to to say hey this is why my relationship is still good and still working mm -hmm. and we went to a workshop on relationship contracts and she said oh we need one of these and i'm like okay let's write one up <laughs> and we wrote it up and had a bunch of people witness it and we're still going i'm i'm super curious about this how long is it uh it's about two pages okay it's got what we expect and you know, what we need what we want and what we hope for I think maybe maybe the, the point of common connection would be the Big Bang Theory, because I think two of the lead characters also had a, a relationship contract, and Sherman, who's the main character, would bring it out, and it would be this three-ring binder of a thing. And he would uh, put it on the table, and he'd, he'd wet his, his thumb, and he'd turn to the page, and he'd say, you're in violation of page 65, subsection 3, sentence structure 8 where we agreed to this, this, and this. Does that ever happen? Is that complete fiction? Do you guys ever go back to the contract <laughs> and say, uh, wait a second, there's an infraction here? Yeah, so the contract's like a page and a half. And it, there's, there's parts of the contract that deal with when we're adding a new relationship to the mix. Mm -hmm. We kind of have in our contract the, the affectionately known as the crazy bitch clause. <laughs> Where, you know, we get, we get to say, you know, um, I think this person is toxic to you and your relationships. And I really think 
you should rethink what you're doing here. So that's kind of, that's almost like a, a veto of sorts, would you say? Of sorts, yes. Mm -hmm. Would you say it's, it's like an absolute ish if she came to you and was like, no, this person is bad and I don't want this. Is that a conversation or is that the end of the conversation? Um, no, that would be a conversation because, mm -hmm. you know, we, we understand that what we perceive as bad person who's going through it might not see it that way. You have to present it to them. Like, okay, this is bad and this is why. Part of what my girlfriend wanted to have was she didn't want me running out, picking up some woman off the street and suddenly I have a new girlfriend. You know, that, that the idea of that made her freak out completely. We kind of put in, you know, there's limits on what can happen, you know, in the first two or three dates, just for her sanity and comfort. I was in a, had a girlfriend for a while. And in the beginning of the relationship, there was some mission, misinterpretation as to what could happen. You know, did it have to be, could it happen on the third date or did it have to be after the third date? And there was some hurt feelings over that. And then, mm -hmm. We work through it, and so it is something you feel like you can revisit and talk about, oh, yeah. or like it, it's 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 a contract in that you signed it and it's a thing, but it's it's also a a point of conversation. Yes. Did you find that you already agreed on a lot of points? Like, was was it more of a formality, or was it a real chance to have some pretty intense conversations? We agreed on most things, and there was some you know conversation over you know how do we manage this whole new relationship thing when somebody's found somebody new and new relationship energy is taking over your world and I got to slow things down so that your other partner can get used to the situation. Is there so anything it, idiosyncratic in there? Like you, you will bring me ice cream and sing me the lover song when you have made a mistake and it, like something like that. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't have memorized, but I don't think so. But I, I think you've missed a golden opportunity to get ice cream on a regular basis. I'm, I'm just speaking for myself. Yeah. But yeah, are you speaking for yourself, Tim? Is that one of your conditions? Well, I mean, I, I don't know that I would necessarily drop a whole contract, but if I were, you bet I would word lawyer the hell out of that thing, just, <laughs> just for the jokes of it. I think. Yeah. Be like, and you know, on birthdays that end with a three, you will buy me a new umbrella, and like, you know, it'll it'll just be full of. I'd be going for the lulls, even in something as serious as a relationship contract. Yeah, probably. Yeah, she was, when we had it all said and done, she was like, oh, wait, we should put in a clause on what's the one true peanut butter. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> that way she can be like, you, you brought Crunchy into my house. <laughs> you owe me recompense. <laughs> and I will go back to the contract and find what the recompense is for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we need to have this conversation offline, Tim. Do, do we? Yeah. Crunchy is the one true peanut butter. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. See, I, that's, I, I don't, that's the thing. If you ever want to get a date, start it at a party. <laughs> 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 well, everybody has an opinion about peanut butter. Yeah. Trust me. What if you're allergic? Then, then we have oh, that, well, that's how we construct threesomes. We get all three of them together. You got the crunchy, the creamy, and the I'm allergic, and then they can. Working out amongst themselves this is brilliant. Okay, so so Brian, <laughs> there's there's a, a question that that I'm dying to ask. Kids say the darndest things is one of those phrases that people just throw out because oh, no. it's somewhat true. You have you ever gotten a question from from your kids that made you think, <clears throat> wow, their view on life is so much more nuanced than mine, and I'm so grateful that I'm raising them. Yes, actually. 
<laughs> she, you know, if if this ever comes to light, she'll probably you know kill me in my sleep. But uh, that's too bad. No, now we're getting to the good stuff. This is great. Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, frequently my daughter will come. You know, she'll find me because she wants you know me to fix her a snack of some kind. So one night, I'm sitting doing something. Now, now bear in mind she's 13. She comes in and flops down on the bed and says in a casual, nonchalant kind of voice, so I think I'm pan. Hmm. And I said, do you mean pansexual? She said, yeah. And I said, okay. You know, you're 13, right? She said, yeah. Like, All right. So, yeah, they, they're they a little more aware of things than I ever was at that age. Oh, yeah. Of course, there's also, also the time she was probably 10. It was one of the first times I've been hanging around with the woman I've been flirting around with for three years now. As we were leaving the event, you know, I stopped to give this woman a hug. And my as we're walking out, my daughter's, like, teasing me. She's like, oh, you like her. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> my daughter giving me crap about the relationship. <laughs> You can just wait for it, little girl. <laughs> you're sitting so, there counting up the ways. You're like, oh, no, no, this will come back. Don't, yeah, don't you worry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, okay, so so hold on a second. Your, your daughter is pansexual. Have you thought about the inevitability of her seeing multiple people at the same time and the defensive reflex of a father against someone who is dating your daughter and that being more than one person? Well, let's take a step back here. Just because you're pan doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be dating multiple people at the same time. Okay, all right, thank you. It's an orientation thing. Versus, okay, no, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying it's not an inevitability, but it's a possibility, perhaps. Yeah, it, it, it you know, the possibility exists. No, I'm gotten used to the fact that, yeah, my, it's my daughter that's going to give me, you know, she's going to have the relationship issues. I'm going to be pretty okay with whoever she brings in the door because. She's pretty quick at spotting idiots, so, mm-hmm. you know, and she's, you know, used to dealing with them, so it's like, all right, I don't think she's going to bring too many of those home, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's great that, like, you, you feel that, you, you try to impart in your children a sense of responsibility and being able, I think finding the idiots is perhaps the most important life skill you can have. Yes. Um, but I, I think it's really great that you're just like, oh, yeah, no, like, I totally, I trust her to handle her relationships. And, like, that that's against the trope that we usually think of is, like, you know, dad's going to come down on the poor person that is being inflicted on him. And I, I think that's really great. Yeah. Having more people in your life is not a bad thing. So give it a shot. So I just, I want to say thank you, Brian, for sitting down and talking with us and taking time out of your like crazy, hectic, I have kids and multiple partner schedule <laughs> to sit down yeah. and talk with us and put up with us for a minute. So thanks. Yeah, no problem. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Polystory Repository. We want to thank Brian for sitting down and having a couple of minutes of conversation with us. Thank you, Brian. You're welcome. Once again, I am Joe. And I am once again, Tim. <laughs> and this has been an entry in the Polystore repository. We hope that you join us next time for conversation, bad jokes, and no bad breath, because this is just a podcast. Because the internet allows us to avoid that entirely. Yay. Thanks for listening. <laughs>